jump right into the Bible. If you've got, how many of y'all have old school paper Bible? Anybody here got an old school paper Bible? All right, uh, five of you. Praise God for you. Grab your Bible, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you want to look on the screen. We're going to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. I want to invite every person here. It's in your notes. You've got it on screen. I want you to read this passage of Scripture with me out loud. It says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Say that again. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share your word today. I pray, Lord God, that as we focus, that we will learn of you and grow in you. God, we declare today that our minds are prepared and our hearts are ready for what you you know, what you can only do in our lives. And God, so we ask that you would work in us, change us, help us to be more like you. And God, help me to get out of the way so that you can work in this time. We pray this all in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Amen and amen. I, I love this passage of scripture not only because I was named after Joshua in the Bible, not only because it's my favorite book of the Bible, but because it is a transitional book in the Bible. The people of God had been enslaved for over 400 years, and God had just taken them through a mighty deliverance. How many of y'all have seen, come on, some of the Moses uh, depictions in movies, and uh, it's great how God delivered them, and here they are standing on the edge of the purpose and the promised land that God has for them. I love the book of Joshua because it shows that as they are transitioning into what God has for them, that there are still some things you're going to have to overcome in order to live in the promised land. Now, I don't know how you gave your life to Jesus, and, and you could be here today. As Pastor Jim mentioned a few moments ago, this may be new to you. That's okay. Welcome to our environment. You don't have to have it all figured out. But the book of Joshua is about a group of people who recognize God wants to do great things. And God has promised great things. And they want to pursue those things of God. But sometimes we, 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 we fail to recognize that pursuing the things of God is still going to bring us some challenge and some struggle as we pursue what God has for us. How many of y'all have been following Jesus for just a few years and still had to face some struggles? Come on, show me those hands real quick. Come on, you've been following Jesus for a little while, and, and you've had to do what they call today, hashtag struggle bus, right? Uh, you, you had to go through some hard times, work through some issues. Listen, we've kind of depicted this idea of Christianity as something you pray a prayer and everything just happens. Well, today, I, I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, everybody. But the day you give your life to Jesus, you don't get everything Jesus promised. You get it in spirit, you get it in promise, but you're going to have to walk into the promised land. You're going to have to deal with the struggle bus, everybody. You're going to have to deal with the struggles and challenges just like everybody else. It's kind of amazing today that we've, we've deemed a lot of things struggles that aren't struggles, and then we try to focus on other things than the real struggles we have. 
For heaven's sakes, in social media today, you can go have a big meal and you feel overwhelmed and they, they put a picture of their meal and they hashtag struggle bus because of it, right? They're, they're overwhelmed because of what they went through. But you know, we all face real struggles. We all face real challenges. When I was a, a kid, uh, I, I'm one of six children. Uh, I don't think it's because my father liked children. I think it's because he liked my mama, everybody. Okay? <laughs> six children. And, and I happened to be the third child in, in the run of them. So boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. I mean, like a Brady Bunch, six of us, okay? And, you know, my dad, I think he was patient with us in the beginning with my older brother and sister and teaching them how to swim. And so he got them in the pool, you know, kind of holding their belly and your arms go like this. And let me teach you how to float. And it's, it's beautiful. But by the time he got to me, I think he was done with that. He said, you want to learn how to swim, son? He just threw me. Yeah. Got into the water. I think he was thinking, I'll give him enough momentum that even if he kind of drowns on the way, he'll still make it to the other side. And so I, I made it to the other side. I struggled to the other side and... In the process of that, my older brother came by swimming because he was kind of always the instigator of struggles in our family. How many of y'all had an older sibling that made life such a blessing for you, right? If you are that older sibling, we're praying for you. He swam up to me and said, you did good. You know, I just, it's amazing to be able to swim here. And I want you to know that if you'll dive down deep, if you'll dive down deep at the very bottom of the pool, it smells like roses. Some of y'all are thinking about what I'm saying. Yeah, he tried to kill me on my first swim, everybody. <laughs> Not only did dad throw me into the deep end of the pool, but my brother tried to drown me on the first day, okay? So, so the reality is, is that I, I face struggles early on. We all face struggles in our lives. But the challenge for a lot of us is that we look out and we see everybody's Sunday best. We see the best that they bring to the table. You got up early today. You put on clothes that kind of match, fellas, all right? Uh, ladies, you put on your face and your makeup and your hair. I, I've got three sisters. I know how long it takes, okay? I, you went through the process and you come in and you, you feel the pressure to put on. And so you're walking by, and it's like, hey, how are you? Fine, and you, and, and we say, hallelujah, praise God. But on the way to church, you were killing your children. <laughs> See, in my family, you never sat in the seat right behind my mom and dad because they could reach back and give you one of these, okay? <laughs> you always sat in the middle row because the back row was hot, the front row you could get hit, and the middle row was perfect, everybody. Listen, what I'm trying to say to you is that we, we all face challenges and struggles and we tend to put on, especially in environments like this, we put on as though there are no struggles, we have no challenges. And today what I want to say to you is if you look to the left, they've got struggles. They rode here on the struggle bus, okay? They, they've got issues. If you look to the right, they've got issues too. And if you think they don't and you do, it's a lie. We're all facing challenges and struggles. It's what brings us together. And I would be remiss as a minister, as a, a follower of Jesus Christ, that I just said, hey, following Jesus is like jumping cloud to cloud. See, but just like he called Joshua to see the promised land, to take the promised land, we are going to have to do the same thing. I want to take just a moment to describe to you some of the struggles we all have in common. I want you to take some notes with me, so grab your worship guide there. Grab your message notes so you can follow along with us. Here's the first struggle that we all face. We all face inferiority, everybody. There isn't a person in the room who sometimes doesn't feel inferior, that doesn't feel like things aren't going well. 
For heaven's sakes, I, every single Sunday of my life, I sit on a front row preparing to come and share God's word with people. And when I do, every single Sunday, I think, God, why are you using me? God, well, what is it, that I, what is it about me that you chose? Because I, I don't feel like I have what I should have in order for you to listen to me. See, for, uh, for many of you, you don't realize this, but I, I am a C student from South Louisiana. Now, I wear my C students out. Any C students in the room? Come on, make me feel better right now. A couple of you, three of you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for helping. Yes, sir, back here in the back. Praise God for you. You A students, where are you at? Come on, we, we love y'all, but wish you would have stayed home a little bit more. Listen, there isn't a person in this environment that doesn't feel inferior sometimes, somewhere. It's one of the struggles we all have to face. We're all facing this challenge and we're going to have to overcome it. It's when we start thinking you're the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only person who feels inferior at times. And let me just say this. If you never feel inferior, you're probably doing something too easy. Quite possibly, it may not be God's dream for your life. You may be doing your dream. See, God-sized dreams are bigger than what I can do on my own. God-sized dreams scare me a little bit. God-sized dreams push me outside of my comfort zone. When I first met my wife, I was really excited because she walked in and she's beautiful. And I thought, oh, I'm going to marry her. And uh, uh, she wasn't aware of it at the time, but I was like, I'm going to marry her. And it took me about three years to finally convince her. And I was excited because I'm a C student from South Louisiana. And I found out she was valedictorian of her class, everybody. I was like, that's right. Uh, my kids are going to be smart. Right? They're going to they're gonna have it figured out. And, and so one day I was talking with her about grades and you know, being valedictorian. And I said, you know, I, I, don't think I, ever, I don't think I ever got a B in my life. And she looked at me and she says, I, I don't think I ever got a B either. <laughs> but in all honesty, <laughs> it's terrible. In all, in all honesty, she was valedictorian of her class, but I was also valedictorian of my class. Can you believe that? I mean, I told you that Louisiana, we're 50th on every education scale, okay? I was valedictorian of my class, but I was also, can you believe it, voted most likely to succeed. And if y'all just bear with me, I'm not, I'm not proudful, but I was voted best looking in my class. I was waiting for that right there. Now, to be, in all fairness, I was homeschooled, everybody. <laughs> half of winning, half of winning is who you're competing against, everybody, okay? The competition was low, so I was winning. But I, I, I want you to hear even the Apostle Paul, even the Apostle Paul, listen to how he had to encourage himself. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, he says, not, not that I am adequate in myself to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, he's, his ability, his adequacy came from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Even the apostle Paul had to deal with his inadequacy and yet trusted God. I've got a few more. I want you to write them down with me. Here's the second struggle we all have. We all face temptation. I used to think that one day, one day when I, uh, I, I followed God, even in ministry college, I thought one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Pastor Jim. I'm going to be on stage, and, and when I'm at that level of Christianity, I will no longer be tempted. I won't struggle with anger. I won't struggle with frustration. I won't think about murdering people. <laughs> and 
Y'all don't do that, okay? I'm just saying. Like, listen, but here's the deal. Even, even Jesus, even Jesus was tempted. And if you think that you aren't, you're the only one being tempted or you aren't going to face temptation, I'm here to tell you, I'm here, I'm here to put you on the struggle bus for just a moment right now, and that is to remind you that you are going to face temptation. Jesus reminded us that we should pray this way. Pray, lead us not into temptation, Matthew 6, 13, but deliver us from the evil one. So listen, there, there isn't going to be a point. Until we get to heaven, we are going to have to face temptation. You're going to have to overcome temptation. And you're going to have to build boundaries around your life so that you won't fall into temptation. You're going to have to be practical about your relationship with God and not just, you know, hyper-spiritual about it. You're going to have to build some practical boundaries so that you can actually be the person that God wants you to be. i got a few more I want you to jot down with me. Here's the next, and that is we all face rejection. Every one of us faces rejection or has faced rejection in our past. And I would love to say it's, it's over with and we're not going to have it anymore. But our nation, our nation right now is at a place where we're picking sides rather than de deciding to stay together. We're, we're dividing at a level that's unhealthy and we're rejecting people that God has accepted. And today I just want to say to you if, you, if you've been rejected at any point in your life, that's one of the struggles we all have to face. But God, he looked at our rejection in the world and accepted us. God looked at every one of us when we were pushed to the side and said, no, 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 I'm not playing duck, duck, goose with you. No, no, God's walking around saying, I pick you, and I choose you, and I've got a plan for you. And they didn't want you. I'm inviting you into the family. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you some of my inheritance. I'm going to call you by my name. I'm going to fix some of the problems in your life. Well, if there, that wasn't a good place to say amen. I don't know if I can help you all, everybody. Think about, think about the rejection we've all faced and how God has accepted us. I remember one of my earliest moments of rejection. I was, I was 13 years old, and I, I found this beautiful blonde-haired girl that was 14. I was, I was into older women, everybody, at 13, and I was going to pursue her, and I, I, I you know, and fallen in love. I didn't even know what love was. Then I found out that she was dating an 18-year-old boy. How many of y'all know that that's not fair? And I was heartbroken. I was so rejected, I was so overcome that I, I remember, I remember, how many of y'all remember mixtapes? Mixtapes, anybody mixtapes? Y'all know what a mixtape is? 13 years old, I made my own mixtape. Walking along the Mississippi River to Brian Adams, everybody. <laughs> Some of y'all are going to have to Google that later, all right? Who's Brian Adams? I don't know, just Google it, okay? But I, I want you to understand that you're not the only one who's been rejected because of who you are. You're not the only one who's been rejected because of your color. You're not the only one who's been rejected because of your character. You're not the only one who's been rejected for being a Christian or having a standard. You're not the only one. Listen, if you've been rejected, welcome to, to Anchor Bend, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the house of God. I should say welcome to the club, right? Because it's, if you're going to make any difference in your life, you're going to have to face rejection. That's one of the struggles. Luke chapter 17, Jesus' own words, he says, he said to his disciples, it's impossible that no rejection should come, no offenses should come, but woe to those from whom they do come. He said, you ought to do your best not to be that kind of person, but it's impossible that you're going to live this life without that struggle. I got a couple more, write them down with me real quick. We all face, here's the fourth, we all face discouragement. 
This is one of the, the, the most overwhelming ones. I could use the word depression here in our current situation in our world, but we all face discouragement. If I'm really honest with you today, if I kind of uh, just pull back the mask a little bit, today I, I am dealing with my own discouragement while I'm encouraging you. Y'all hearing me today? Now, I know this might be new to, to have a pastor who's confessing his problems while he's helping you. Okay, I, I realize that might be new for you, but it's not new for me. I, I, I have real discouragements and real challenges and real opportunities for God to do a miracle in my life. But here's the deal. Courage is, a, is an attribute given to us by God. When you become a Christian, he deposits some courage in you. You have to decide what you're going to do with your courage. Because see, discouraged is one trait, you can, one direction you can go with your courage, or encouraged is the way you can go. See, discouragement literally defined means to, to lack the Spirit of God. So when you're discouraged, you're lacking the Spirit in the presence of God. When you're encouraged, you know what you are? Full of the presence of God. We're all going to face discouragement. It's what you're going to do with that discouragement. And I've just decided mine's going to be an anchor bend every week, everybody. My, my discouragement, I'm bringing it to the house of God. I, I think sometimes we don't recognize that, that most of us in the room have recognized that if you come here and you bring the struggles, God works in them. Ecclesiastes 5 says this. He says, throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. It's like Eeyore from Disney, everybody. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter. It's Debbie Downer from Saturday Night Live. Wah, wah, you know. Y'all don't watch Saturday Night Live here. <laughs> what I want you to recognize is mostly what I want you to understand is you're not the only one. Here's the last and probably the most obvious, but we all face demonic attack. When you chose Jesus... Or even today, if you're in the process of considering Jesus, I want to be really honest with you. When you choose Jesus, you automatically inherit the enemies of Jesus. The devil isn't going to like you, and he's going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to tempt you. He's going to try to dissuade you. He's going to try to make you feel inferior. He's going to send somebody at 13 to reject you so that you'll try to live as a rejected person. The enemy is, he, he's a roaring lion, the Bible says, seeking somebody to devour. He's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and if you choose Jesus, you're going to have an enemy. But there's nothing to be afraid of. He is powerless. His only strength is lies. His only power is deception. And today what I'm trying to do is open up that lie that you're the only one who's struggling. No, no, no. You're not. That's the enemy's lie. In the face of your struggles, you have to recognize that there's something you can do. I love this passage from Isaiah 54. It's very powerful. It says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on, say it with me. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. He didn't say no weapon wouldn't form. He didn't say there wouldn't be an attack of discouragement. He said it wouldn't have any power in your life. And so I, I'm here to say to you today that we all have struggles, but we have the power to overcome them, and the devil doesn't have the power in our lives. So what do you do now that I have quite possibly thoroughly put you on the struggle bus today? I, I, I may have discouraged you in my encouragement. If so, I'm sorry, okay? What do you do? 
Well, I told you that I, I want to talk to you about struggles and standards. I want to help you to understand something that when you're facing a struggle, you should raise a standard. Isaiah 59 and 19. It's a life verse. You ought to memorize it. Come on, read it with me. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When the enemy brings all the struggle that he can bring to your life, you have a choice. And that is to accept the power and the presence of God and allow God to give you the power to raise up a standard. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the standard. I grew up in a kind of a very uh, Pentecostal church environment where there were waving flags. Anybody went to a church that had flags growing up? Come on now. I, I almost died by flag in church, everybody. A standard in the Old Testament wasn't a character standard. It was a banner that you carried in front of you into battle. And that banner declared some things to the people you were going to fight. See, that banner was saying something before you actually said something. That banner was declaring something about you and where you're coming from. Two things, a standard that you carry into battle. In the Old Testament, when they went into every battle, they actually sent the tribe of Judah first. Judah means praise, worship. And that's why we start in worship, because when you're in a battle or in a struggle, what you should do is raise the first standard with Judah, everybody. You should raise the spirit of praise and worship and step into the battle. But a standard declares two things. Write it down with me. Number one, the standard declares who we are. It's walking into the battle and say, hey, I'm of Judah. We are the people of God. We are Israel. It's, it's declaring who we are so that you don't get confused with who you're fighting. It's declaring something to the world. It's why we have flags. A flag is a standard to other nations of who we are. That's what it is. Here's the second thing it declares. It declares whose we are. Not even, it's not, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm telling you who I am, but I'm telling you I belong to somebody. <laughs> and the person I belong to is dangerous. That's what I want you to know. <laughs> Growing up in my, in my big family, my, my older brother, he, he is 6'4", uh, okay? 6'4". I'm not 6'4". I know I, I look tall up here, everybody, okay? He's 6'4". And he was kind of, he was a brawler. He was a fighter. For heaven's sakes, he tried to... He tried to drown me when I was a kid, right? And he had a, he was known in our neighborhood for somebody you don't mess with. And so there were a few times, there were a few times that I was kind of going about the neighborhood and I was getting into trouble and I was about to get into fight and someone would step in and say, whoa, whoa, do you know who he is? And I would stand back with my chest out, that's right. That's Charlie's brother. And all of a sudden, what was a fist turned into, oh, man, I'm so sorry. How are you? It's going to be, hey, man, how, how can I take care of you? It's because he was ruthless, everybody. <laughs> he was dangerous. And all it took was one word to an enemy about who I am and who I belong to that declared something different. Today, you belong to God. You are a child of God. If you're on the edge, it's time to get off the edge, everybody. It's time to get in to the boat. I, I want to help you to understand this because in our society, we have lots of people waving the Christian flag. 
87% of people in America today come from a Christian heritage. It means mama was a Baptist, daddy was Episcopal, so-and-so was Catholic, auntie was that, and we all got some sort of heritage, and we claim that heritage at some level, but only 7% of that 87% believe this Bible is true. It's dangerous because we're carrying around a standard that doesn't stand for anything. Now, I want to invite, I want to invite, I've asked three, three friends to come out on stage real quick just to help you understand uh, this little illustration about standards. So come join me real quick, real quick. Come on, bring, bring out, give them a great hand as they come out, everybody. Now, give me your names real quick. Julio. 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 Yesenia. Maddie. Maddie, I said that wrong earlier, Maddie, and you didn't fix it. You didn't tell me, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you. Now, now Julio here, he's got a, what I would call a small standard, everybody. Look at his Anchor Bin logo on his phone, okay? This is what I would also call a pocket standard. You know what a pocket standard is? A pocket standard is when it's cool, I can say, hey, everybody, I'm a Christian. But when it's not cool, I can slip it in my pocket. When it's not the right environment, I can, I can pick and choose when my standard wants to come out. I want you to think about it. Come on, keep your, keep your minds focused on the word of God. You're getting messages right now. Hey, Nancy says hi. Do you want me to read the rest of this? I'm not going to read the rest of it, okay? But I'm like, it started going. Hey, I'm going to give that back to you, honey. What I want you to recognize, what I want you to recognize is this is a strong, look, he's tall, he's a, he's a man of God. Now, now, I'm not insulting, he's a man of God, yeah, somebody, must be your wife yelling back there, huh? Woo, woo. Now, I, I, don't, mean, I, don't, I don't mean to insult him, I don't mean, you know, but, but here's the deal, so many of us, that's our level of standard. We're interacting with the world based upon convenience rather than who we really are. And then some of us are right here in the middle. We've got the anchor bin hat and T-shirt. And uh, I'm going to be there on serve day. And I'm going I'm to show up. And it's cool. And when it's cool, I'm going to be cool. And it's exciting. But somewhere in the middle, this is a good standard, but it's not the best. Now, I, I asked you this earlier. Give me your full name. Yes Yesenia Reyes. Yesenia. I wanted to make sure that I said that correctly. Now, are, are you single? <laughs> she said she's married to Jesus, everybody. Well, let me just say, Jesus could be here in two ways. She's, she's married to that Jesus, not Jesus out here. Now, <laughs> she said, let's get it straight. But she is single, everybody. So if Jesus, you're out here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that, but I did. <laughs> Some of us, we have a little bit bigger standard, but even still, it's, it's something that, it's, it's still a based upon convenience, making a difference, or we're letting people know, but then some of us are like, Maddie, come on, didn't Maddie kill it leading worship today? Come on. Oh, oh. See, see, Maddie's not only got the hat, she got the shirt, but she got the sign. Come on, walk with me, Maddie, real quick. Not only did she sing today and lead you in worship, but she's passionate about it. She's gone all in. She's holding up the standard regardless of what it looks like to anybody else. Now, now here's the deal. I'm not saying you have to have a standard just for Anchor Ben. I'm talking about a standard that you hold up against the, the attacks of the enemy in your life. 
There's got to be a standard that you're holding that's bigger than average and beyond the pocket size standard, everybody. Would you give them a great hand as they go? Come on, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Listen, I try to be a helpful pastor. With Julio, I'm answering messages. I'm trying to win another a wife. Come on. This is why you ought to go to husband. Yeah. I'm from New Orleans, everybody. We've got, we've got issues, okay? <laughs> See, I, I think so often what the enemy wants us to do is to get lost in the struggle. And not realize that it's in the struggle that it's time to raise the standard. See, God is doing some great things in this church. Miracles are happening. They're all around you. And yet if you're unaware you're focused on the struggle that you're in and the miracle you don't have. And what God is warning you to do and calling you to do is to lift up that standard in the midst of it. I want to give you three standards very quickly. Write them down with me. Three standards that we need to raise. Here's the first. We need to raise the blood of Jesus. See, there, there is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved but the name of Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus that covers sin. It's the blood of Jesus that forgives sin. And see, it's the blood of Jesus that pays for my sin and your sin. See, hell, hell isn't a place where God sends people that he's angry with. Hell is a place that people go to pay for their own sins. And see, today, if, if you've got some struggles with temptation and with sin, the blood of Jesus is the standard you need to raise. You need to accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ today. If you're far from God for any reason, this is your opportunity to accept the standard of Jesus Christ and come under the banner of who he is and, and become a part of whose he has claimed and loved. You need to surrender to him. Because Revelation 12 and 11 says they have defeated, they defeated the struggles through the blood of the lamb. Through the blood of the lamb. It's time, it's time to stop being on the fence because our nation can't take it any longer. It's time to stop looking at the battles and stepping back. It's time to declare the blood of Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. There is no other way. Listen, I'm not angry about it. I'm not frustrated about where you are. I just was there paying for my own sins. And now that my sins are paid for, I can't stand it any longer to watch someone else pay for their sins. And I'm not going to live in my struggle and stay with the 99. I'm going to recognize that even in my struggle, I can raise up the standard. We've got two more. Here's the second standard you got to, is the Word of God. We need a resurgence of the Word of God. The Word of God can't just be a digital thing to you. It can't be a Sunday thing to you. It can't be, it can't be a, a something that you hear occasionally. It's got to be the bread of life to you. The body and bread of our Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God. Revelation 12, 11, same verse says they defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness. They, they walked into our, our struggles with racism and they declared the word of God. They walked into our, our struggles with, with finances and with poverty and they declared the word of God. We're going to love all people. We're going to care for all people. We're not rejecting anybody. If you're broken, you're welcome. If you're, if you're black, you're welcome. If you're Hispanic, you're welcome. If you're weird, you're welcome. If you don't know, we love you where you are because we accept all people. We're going to love you just the way Jesus loved you. We're not going to leave you in the mud, in the mire. We're going to be truthful and honest with you and help you to dig out of that hole. See, we need the blood of Jesus 
We need the word of God. And number three, we need the impact of believers. We need you, Anchor Ben, to grab a hold of the standard and charge, charge into this world, declaring what you believe and who you are. Listen to Revelation 12 and 11. It finishes this way. It says, they defeated him through the blood of the Lamb, the bold word of their witness, and they weren't in love with themselves. Come on, say it with me. They were willing to die for Christ. The world needs your impact. It's time to raise the standard against the flood of the enemy. Would you bow with me all around this room? Come on, put your stuff to the side in just a few moments. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed, right where you are today. Today, if you're in a place of struggle, but the standard isn't where it needs to be. Today, you're in a place of struggle, and the standard of the blood of Jesus isn't where it needs to be. And you need, you need to surrender again to Jesus or to come back to him. Or maybe you need to come to him for the very first time. Maybe that's where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand or come to the front. But right there in your seat, if today you're far from God for any reason and you're struggling and you want to overcome the struggle, I want you to say, Pastor, that's me. Help me. Lift your hand right now all around this room. Come on, lift your hand. Be bold and say, that's me. Count me in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, all around this room. Take just a moment. Thank you here in the middle. Slip it high. Let me see it. Drop it back down. Pastor, that's me. I'm struggling, but I need, I need to get home to Jesus. Come on, if you lifted your hand over on the side, I see your hand. I see your hand. That's you. Would you just whisper these words? Come on, say them out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, would you forgive me for my sin? God, would you forgive me for trying to live this life on my own? And God, would you give me the power to follow you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name. Now, God, I lift up every person here. God, I, I come against the attack of the enemy that tried to destroy their lives. God, I declare that the struggle will be overcome in Jesus' name. That the attack of the enemy will fall short in Jesus' name. And God, that the days ahead of Anchor Ben are better than the past. God, you're going to multiply. God, you're going to do miracles on behalf of these leaders and pastors. And God, you're going to multiply a spirit in this city. You're doing it even now. And God, I prophesy it to their future. I declare it over their lives. The promised land will be fulfilled. And God, no promise you have declared will go unanswered. And God, today we receive it today by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, we all shouted amen. Amen and amen. Give them a great hand. God bless you. Thank you so much.